Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. I'm here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. I'm out of the studio again uh, this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We are brought to you by the Georgia Record or georgiarecord.com. And our guests tonight are Brian K. Pritchard, otherwise known as BKP. And uh, Bill, what's, what's Shannon? What's Shannon last... Weimer. Shannon Weimer. And we're going to have an interesting discussion with her. We want you to please support us with our no ad subscriptions, top right corner of the Georgia record says subscribe for no ads. We have reporters around the world. It's really expensive uh, covering all this stuff. A theme we're going to run over the next week or so is, well, we always do this, but real specifically is standing up to tyranny. So we've got a, a real surprise for you next week where we're going to bring on Sunday uh, a member of the Iranian resistance straight out of Tehran, Tehran, who's had to stand up to tyranny now for decades. And we're going to talk about what it's like. We're going to get into that a little bit after that. Uh, Bill, you got anything before we start the show? No, I think this is going to be a pretty well-rounded show. I suspect we're going to have uh, some entertaining conversation. We'll look at some serious topics, and we'll have uh, probably a couple of laughs before we're done. I agree. I'm going to run a quick sponsor ad from David Cross. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. As we get started, we'd like to welcome our audience from War Room, the War Room Posse, Steve Bannon, Caravan to Midnight audience, as well as Conservative Daily out of Denver. So with that, uh, Bill, why don't you introduce our first guest? Okay, there was, a, uh, there was an interesting event in Cherokee County this week, and we got a chance to catch up with Shannon Weimer on what happened and why it's important. So we'll bring, bring her in. Well, we have the chance to catch up with Shannon Weimer, who is... Uh, head of uh, Take Action Cherokee, along with another number of other organizations. So, Shannon, thanks for joining this morning. Good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me. You bet. Appreciate so it's been a very interesting week. Uh, we kicked off with an event in Cherokee County um, that involved the grand jury. Why don't you take, take us through what happened? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, for months there in the background, there have been lots of patriots across the state of Georgia looking into what it is, this the, the people's court, right? The grand jury and at the county level. And, you know, we have to get to that point okay. where we understand that our elections were, were stolen. There are problems in our election systems, right? And the people's court was put there by our founding fathers for us to be able to enter into, to send grievances and petition to. Mm -hmm. Well, Cherokee County, we have done this. This is this is our fourth time we have summoned the grand jury. The first time Candace Taylor did about a year and a half ago. And God and the angels and the army in Cherokee County here. And we went ahead and we summoned the grand jury. We petitioned them with a presentment that challenges um, the contract with Dominion. And, you know, Bill, for the first time, we, we have a victory. The, the clerk got it to the to the former or the foreman and the grand jury and the DA is no, is not involved. And that is yeah. a hallelujah right there. So I've, it was, I've heard it was from others and I've heard from others in these previous uh, circumstances when they've tried to submit a presentment, which is really just a set of documents and a, and a request for the grand jury to look into something that it's been um, inter intercepted, I'll call it by certain district attorneys, not just in Cherokee, but in a number of counties where they've tried this. And it's sort of notable to me that the DA steps in and says, oh, no, I'll, I'll handle this. And and yet it it's supposed to go to directly to the foreman, isn't it? It is. When the people summon the grand jury, that is the people's court. This little book called the Common Law Handbook, mm -hmm. um, that that is explaining what our, our legal rights are as we the people. We have the authority and responsibility to summon a grievance or petition a presentment to the grand jury anytime we feel there is criminal activity and the DA does not get to be involved. 
So it is actually up to five years in prison, a federal crime, if the DA decides to uh, jump in that. So we are grateful that the finally the, the system is, is going the way it is supposed to go, the way the founding fathers intended it to. And yeah, we got, we got right from the clerk right into the foreman and the DA That's was not involved. You mentioned it had to do with the Dominion contract. Can you expand on that just a little bit? There's there's not a whole lot to expand on yet. Um, a lot of a lot of people are asking about details. Really, really, probably the most the most I can say because a lot of that is you know of course as you know confidential until it goes public. Oh yeah. The con the contract with Dominion in its right is illegal. I mean, we saw representatives from Dominion. And and many many cases that have happened in the the state court of Georgia have proven that. So we're really what we're doing is we're really calling for that evidence to come to the people, for the people to see that evidence to make that decision themselves, rather yeah. than allowing these state authorities to continue to make decisions for us. We're bringing it back to the people. Yeah. During the event the other day, there was a there was a very decided sense of. Um, uh, you know, this is not just a fight in the here and now. This is a fight of good and evil. And there was that feeling of, of uh, you know, the spirit being with people, I think, is what I heard from many. Um, tell us about that. I mean, we've noticed this from event after event. It just it just seems like folks are, um, in every case, calling on uh, God to, uh, you know, to intervene and, and uh touch the bad guys as well as, uh, you know, get them to do some of the good things as, as well as support those that are fighting for, uh, for the right stuff. Absolutely. This is a battle of good versus evil. A hundred percent. We, we do not Ephesians six twelve. you know, we do not fight against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We, we, this country was originally founded by a covenant. It was bounded by a covenant that was made with God. And we actually decreed that on Monday. We summon the angels. We ask God to heal our land. He calls us in 2 Corinthians 7, 12. If we humble ourselves and seek his face, he will hear from us and heal our land. And that's exactly what we did. We gave a declaration of dependence back to God, inciting the 1607 um, original covenant that was made on this land by the pilgrims. <laughs> you know, when we when we uh, mess with God and take him out of everything, like our schools, our government, everything, God is being removed from everything. And when that mm -hmm. happens, we end where we are now. This is how we got here. So, you know, there were many of us that felt the Holy Spirit move on Monday. It was a powerful day. It's Patriot Day. We called and, and asked God to come in and intercede. And what, two hours later, we got a phone call that the grand jury was um, served by the, or petitioned by the clerk. So it was, it was absolutely a powerful day. God is bigger than all of this. He wins every time. And, you know, Bill, I got to tell you, there were a lot of intercessors there from all across the state of Georgia, too. And, you know, we had about seven or eight counties represented. And the beauty of this, I mean, God can do anything, but the absolute beauty of this, this will send a ripple effect across our nation. And that was really the biggest prayer, that what we did on Monday would ripple across the nation and infect everyone in a way to just stand up, be courageous, and get out there and uh, fight and, and take up their responsibility for what it is to protect this country yeah. in the next generation. For those that that may uh, not have heard that term before, can you describe what an intercessor is and, and does, please? Absolutely. An intercessor is someone who comes in and literally intercedes into a moment. So if uh, in that moment we were intercessing that the clerk, we were literally bringing in prayer and bringing God into the moment to intercede, intervene, if you will, in that clerk's heart and mind, that they would do the right thing, right? That the jurors would, the, the foreman and the jurors would accept it, that the that there wouldn't become a, um, that, that God's will would be done ultimately, but that literally God would move in the hearts and minds of those people in the courthouse and, and that would happen so that, that it would actually be served. And Bill, I got to tell you, it worked. 
You know, I, I've seen some powerful intercessor stuff. Um, I've I've had myself personally. I've asked people to intercede in what's going on in in our county, and what's going on in our organizations. So moments when we're down at the dome. I mean, we've we spent a lot of time at the legislative session. When I walk in, I have to intercede, or the enemy will come after us. And mm -hmm. and I know some people don't understand that, but you know, God is bigger, and uh, this battle is being won. I'm feeling the wins. I'm feeling the victories. We're seeing it. Monday, I felt the Holy Spirit, and uh, I'm glad that you were there. It was good to see you there, too. Well, that's very kind. Um, it was interesting that uh, Charlie's Bird was in attendance at the event and, and spoke briefly as well. Um, she th That same day, she released a couple of letters, uh, one to Kemp and one to Carr, regarding some information that she had discovered around Fannie Willis. Um, have you seen those? And did you want to describe sort of what's in them briefly? Yeah. I mean, Charlize, we call her the iron lady, the iron woman. <laughs> in, a, in, in the nicest way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in the kind way. That woman is, is solid as a rock. She is a tight, small, but mighty. Um, <laughs> she put, she's dropped a few letters. I think it was a day or two ago, like you said. And basically we discovered, she discovered that Fannie Wills owes money to the government. And she owed that as far back as I think 2018, it said. And this means she is not lawfully in her office. You cannot assume any elected office with while owing the state or the federal government any money. And is, you know, she also asked for a call to action that day on Monday. She was there in attendance. We rallied behind her and publicly declared that we support her. The, the over 300 of us that were there that day, and there's many more, I can assure that. But she did ask, look, have your officials look into or look look into your, your elected officials from a county level, from a representative level, from a any any state level, federal, <clears throat> look in and see if they owe any money. Because this, you know, it's high time that we stood up and interceded the way God tells us to into the tyranny that's gone on for too long. We're not going to let them take our voice. God gave us the word. The word is the first thing. God breathed the word and we were created. That's why the first amendment is the first amendment. Our right to speak, our right to have words. They're not going to take that from us. It's our God-given right. There, it's very interesting to me that um, uh, Charlie's focused on the uh, money aspect and, and the fact that by, based on Georgia law, um, having money owed to the government or in fact having public funds in your hands um, removes eligibility to take a public office. And so she called that out in one of the letters and, and also asked um, Attorney General Carr to look into it because in fact to then swear an oath while you are in fact owing money um, can create criminal penalties. Um, so there's a there, number of different things around this. Yes. But um, also one of the things that came up in subsequent conversations was there's a number of different things that um, our officials should be doing that apparently in some cases they just kind of, you know, overlook maybe innocently, maybe sometimes by design, we don't know. But as an example, um, they're supposed to be filing public financial disclosures, uh, personal financial disclosures, in most cases each year. And for a while they were doing it. But if you look, there's a lot of folks that haven't filed them in several years. And so um, I think on the Georgia record, we're going to be um, uh, issuing an article where folks will see how to go check this. And it's another area where if they haven't, this is required. They have to do this. And, and by not doing it, they can incur fines and fees and other things. And there again, you know, if you've got fines or fees or other costs that are owed to the state, can't be seeking new office. Mm -hmm. So very, very interesting dynamic that came out of these letters early in the week. That's good. We will summon the armies to do that research, Bill. You tell us how to how to dig it out mm -hmm. and we will find it. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have it up on the Georgia record uh, this week for sure. Um, what's so? What's the next step? What's coming up next, uh, both in Cherokee or the other uh, initiatives that you're involved with? So we have a lot going on in Cherokee County. Um, the next step, as far as this goes, is once the grand jury decides to take this into a case, they will start calling witnesses, and this will be investigated. 
our hope and our prayer is that they reach out to other counties and that opens up the door. You know, this this um, petition, this grievance is a, is a state and federal wide grievance. It's not mm -hmm. just Cherokee County. It's just that's where the people's court that we decided to to open it up in. But once, you know, once that starts going, you know, Cherokee County, also the Republican Party did a full hand count audit demonstration to show that. We've also done um, many things to look at the, the, the aspect that challenges on the voter rolls and those will continue, you know, but also we have our superintendent for the, the schools, Mr. Brian Hightower, Dr. Brian Hightower, who is retiring in May. Mm -hmm. And we just got word that they are looking for the state education board to appoint a new person. So hmm. we are laser focused on who they're going to be putting over our schools and interceding in that, in that as well. The schools here, you know, we've, we've seen countless times that this, the what's happened in our school board meetings here has gone viral across the nation and, uh, we aren't ready to be quiet yet. So <laughs> I, I, I doubt I doubt your group is going to be quiet at, at any point until we're until we're fully um, resolved with many of these issues. You you held up a book earlier so that folks can understand more about the grand jury and their capability. Could you one hold that up and tell folks where to acquire that, please? Yeah, let's see. There you go. So this is this is called the Common Law Handbook for the Grand Jury. And this can be found, this can be found at Amazon. It's $7. And uh, Bill, I'll get you a, a copy, a picture of this if you want to drop it in. But one of the most important aspects of this book is it really, it also cites former court cases. Mm -hmm. For example, the U.S. Supreme Court case of the United States versus Williams, Justice Antoine Scalia, writing for the majority, confirmed that the American grand jury is neither part of the judicial, executive, nor legislative branches of government, but instead belongs to the people. It is, in effect, a fourth branch of government governed and administered directly by and on behalf of the American people, and its authority emanates from the Bill of Rights. So, and it goes on, but, you know, this, these are powerful words and understandings that, that the call it the radical left, call it the deep state, call it the government, whatever you want to call it, they don't want us to know. Yeah. And it was left here by our founding fathers to four times such as this, or any time, really. Most people don't realize the power that a county grand jury holds. They hear the word county and think it's just in the county. It's it's not, is it? It goes, it, it expands theoretically all, all the way across uh, the country from it a is, single county. It is the highest court in the land over the superior court in dc over every three-letter agency nothing can touch the grand the people's grand jury from the county level it was designed to be the highest court in the land and it is i look forward to them putting some of our uh, people on the stand <laughs> yeah yeah that'll be fascinating so uh where can people get more information on on what you're working on and so forth they can go to takeactioncherokee.org and you can sign up for our newsletter. We have our events on the website. We are uh, reconstructing kind of the whole organization. You know, in the last few months, we've really grown in membership or with mm -hmm. in, in volunteers. Mm -hmm. So we will we will have more information. But anything you there's resources on there. Um, this book will go on there as well for people. And it's really just you know all about at the end of the day, Bill. It's all about bringing the community together. It's about yep. understanding how to bring ourselves together. If, you know, in these times, it's no one needs to be a lone ranger and a lone soldier. We are better together. God intended it that way. And we are the remnant, the Gideon's army, if you will, yeah. down here in Cherokee County. <laughs> well, you sure saw that on Monday. Well, thank you for everything you're doing. We'll look forward to having you back soon. Thank you so much, Bill, for everything you do. Have you a bet. You too. Great initiative this week. Oh, you're you're still muted, Todd. There she's you a go. real she's a real fighter, Bill. I'm looking forward to bigger and better things coming from that whole situation. That's right. The fact that they were able to get in front of the grand jury, it you know, you heard her say it. It was uh it was an amazing thing. They failed um, in many counties. I was speaking to a uh, former judge who's attempted to help these groups. They failed in many counties across the state 
and only succeeded twice. This is one of those two. So Wow. Fantastic. So a few years ago when I was writing for the Washington Times, I was introduced to a group uh, kind of under the radar, the Iranian resistance fighters in Iran. They were uh, originally about 10,000 of them on the Iraqi border that were running operations into Iran, trying to establish a democratic republic in Iran with free markets, uh, equal rights, uh, religious tolerance, uh, everything. And uh, the U.S. government disarmed them in the Iraq war, and then Obama removed their Geneva Convention protection, and thousands of them were killed by Iraqi and Iranian forces. The remaining 3,000 were relocated uh, by the order of a federal judge, essentially, to Albania. And uh, I was able to visit that camp and spend a lot of time with them and also their headquarters in Paris. Fascinating situation. And with our focus on resisting tyranny in Georgia and elsewhere in the United States, I thought it would be uh, beneficial to roll a short video of that interaction. And then I want to take it further. So go ahead, Bill. Okay. Fascinating group of people, Bill, and um, I was able to write a book about this, and it's called Paying the Price, because their motto is you have to pay the price for freedom, and I thought that was applicable to what's going on in Georgia, where we have people worried about uh, their jobs, their social standing, best friends, money, and these people are worried about their lives, yet they continue to pay the price, because under this tyranny, they literally have no future. Uh, the book is called... Paying the Price, The Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance. There we go. It's available anywhere uh, where books are sold now. And it's also, you, you can get a signed copy at ltidewood.com if you go there. And I'll sign one for you. It'd be a great Christmas present or whatever. And uh, sorry about the noise here. But I'm out of the studio. So uh, anyway, try to pick it up. And uh, next weekend, as I said, Sunday, we're going to have one of the resistance from their political arm in Washington, D.C. talk to us about it. 120,000 of these people have been executed by the regime. Uh, many of them children. Over half, most of the resistance fighters are women, funny enough. Uh, mm -hmm. Not funny, but interestingly enough. And uh, because they ha literally have no future unless they can overturn this regime. It's that bad. It's an oligarchy that rapes the country, steals all the wealth, and doesn't care about the people. Mm -hmm. So check it out, historyofbooks.com. I want to also talk about... Uh, we, there was a story recently, the FDA is pulling cold medicine off the over-the-counter market. I don't know if you saw that, Bill, which was very strange. Why would they be doing that? Uh, maybe it's a big pharma push to you know, be able to make more money. They say the drugs don't work, so they're going to pull them off. That's suspicious. We've had all these emergencies around the country in Maui. Uh, you know, New York City is appealing the quarantine decision. They want to be able to quarantine you if you are sick. Uh, we had East Palestine. We've had these fires. The point is that you need to be able to prepare your family and protect your family if they need medication in some type of emergency. So the wellness company at twc.health forward slash CDM has put together a kit. You can go there, use promo code CDM and get a 10% discount. And it basically gives in this kit everything you would need for an adult to survive in some kind of medical emergency. So protect your family. Go to twc.health forward slash CDM. Let's bring in our next guest, Bill. All right. And by the way, don't don't forget to use the promo code for yeah. uh, for some savings on that. Yeah. All right. Let's bring in Brian K. Pritchard. Brian, good evening. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Bill and Todd. It's always a pleasure. I always enjoy being with you guys and and uh, Bill down there at the the cafe. Uh, you know, uh, with the. Uh, 
What, what, what do you have there? A latte, uh, cream, and extra everything there, Todd? Uh, um, it's it's warm here, and uh, it's it's not Georgia. But uh, and occasionally yes. we get to hear him make a smoothie. So you know, there you go, there you go. So what do you, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? So can I bring up Brian Kemp or what? I bet you can. I bet okay. you can. You know, um, when you you know, I he he has suspended the gas tax again. All right, and nothing frustrates me. Well, there's so many things that frustrate me with this guy, but the smoke and mirrors that he plays and the way he always talks about hardworking Georgians and and what he wants you to believe he is doing for for hardworking Georgians and giving back. And, you know, he tweeted out here, he's been on TV today, we suspended the gas tax to put money back in pockets of hardworking Georgians as they fight through Bidenomics and the rising cost of living. This is a governor, folks, no matter where you're at in the world, this is a governor that raked in $6.6 billion in surplus last year. I think another $5 billion is coming in this year. And, folks, the bottom line is when a government has surplus, they have your money. They don't, ha they don't have a surplus. You do. So they sit on this surplus and then want to make it look like they're doing something great. And the reality is, is Brian Kemp is in deep trouble in Georgia, folks. He really is, okay? Uh, the folks of Georgia and around the country want a special session considering Fannie Willis and her interference in an election and trying to prosecute uh, a political opponent with the total of 19 innocent people. Uh, he's really feeling the heat over that. Uh, people are really coming down on Brian Kemp. Uh, they're also the grassroots, the grassroots in Georgia, the Georgia GOP based grassroots. Uh, he he, every week, at least once or twice a week, he attacks Donald Trump here in Georgia. I want to show people something, Bill, because it's really frustrating to me. Can, can you get the the state tax, the gas tax, can you get that graphic? I'd say you over a graphic, and I want to show something pe to people about this. Folks, this is the graphic of the Georgia state uh, tax, gas tax. As you can see in 2016, we were paying 26 cents. Now we're up to 31.2 cents a gallon. All right. Look at the escalation in the gas tax. Then go over there and look at diesel, hardworking Americans, those hardworking Georgians. You know, Brian Kemp, let me speak directly to you. You know, the hardworking Georgians, you know, the ones that buy diesel every day for their trucks. But if you, if you go over there, the liquefied Petroleum gas, right? Is that what that is? Isn't isn't that uh, isn't that your uh, propane out there? So if you're feeling Bidenomics, if you look at how it's gone up throughout the years, if you're feeling Bidenomics and he really wanted to help the families out here, why not lift the the tax off propane and look at natural gas over there? But I'll tell you what never gets hit, never gets touched in Georgia is that aviation fuel, aka Delta. Now, the reason I wanted to put that graphic up, Bill, is a couple reasons. They could, if they really cared about the people in Georgia, they could call the special session and just cut that tax in half, just cut it in half and quit alleviating it and suspending it for 30 days here and there for a smokescreen. Another thing is if you look at your gas pump in a couple of days and you're paying $3.50 and it only goes down 15 cents, I also want to let you know this is the, the suspension of the tax is only to the wholesaler. Yes, the person that owns that gas station, they don't have to give that back. They do not have to give it back. It'll fluctuate all around the state. So every time he suspends the gas tax, you know, not knocking the owners of these gas stations, but some of them get very, very wealthy because they don't give it back. But I just wanted to show the smoke screen here for a minute. This guy is feeling the heat so bad. Our gas tax is at 31.2 cents. In Georgia, let me continue to speak to Governor Kemp. If you really care about Georgians, in 2020, the Georgia State Legislature, they put a freeze on the Avalorum tax here in Georgia, what you pay for your car tag and 
and your real property. They put a freeze on it in 2020. Uh, they rolled it back because of, of COVID. They just, they just increased it. Avalorum tax has gone up. They've increased it. Fees, taxes, everything's gone up in Georgia, but yet they continue. And now they've got this, this billion, $6 billion plus in surplus, and, and, and they want to come out and pretend like they're doing something great. Now, this is all a master plan that Kemp is involved with, with Fonnie Willis. Now, I will say this. I get in trouble for this, but I always like to remind people is, is if we don't like Fonnie Willis and we don't, remember she could not do what she's doing without the help of Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensberger, and Chris Carr being complicit. So I appreciate you showing that, but I get so sick of these tricks and smokes and mirrors, uh, Bill. I, I apologize for taking that much time on that issue. No, that's fine. Actually, you you talked about it briefly, but isn't it true that if they could do away with the, and do without the tax for a, one period of time, why can't we do away with part of the tax all of the time? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's you, you, you sum it right up. Why don't they just get rid of the tax because they've increased it. We, we went, we went in 2015, I think it was HB 170 off the top of my head. The largest, the largest tax increase, I think in Georgia history, uh, in, in fuel taxes to families. And, uh, so, you know, the, the state of Georgia, it's, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors when they talk about, you know, and he gets on there and he talks about hardworking Georgians. And, you know, I get frustrated because the guy can go to a ribbon cutting everywhere. He sold us out to China. That's I'm just my opinion, folks. He sold us out to China and all of these foreign corporations that they brought in here, that they gave them tax abatement deals. They're not going to pay any taxes. Okay. Kemp runs around and he does ribbon cuttings and they're not paying any taxes. The profits they're reaping in all of these major corporations that they're bringing to Georgia, the profits are leaving Georgia tax free because we're not, we're not uh, charging them any taxes. They're, it's leaving Georgia, going back to their home country. And I'll just put it like this. The Hyundai plant they brag about, isn't that uh, South Korea, right? The Hyundai plant they brag about all of that, all of that profit is going to roll right back into South Korea, and he is he is really padding the pockets of South Korea while the people of Georgia continue to pay the taxes. And another thing, while we're talking about taxes, and he acts like he's done something amazing with alleviating and suspending the fuel tax here for for a month or two months to fight Bidenomics. What about that great? What about about that great film tax credit? You know. No, no, no. Why don't why don't they do something about that? So it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors here with Brian Kemp and as he continues on uh, in, in his attempt. Brian Kemp is totally focused in in ending Trump's chance in Georgia. That is that is the job uh, he's been tasked with. That's the job he is doing. And he is trying to do everything to complete that here in Georgia. Well, he's trying, but he doesn't seem to be succeeding. He uh, he seems to be, uh, you know, calling Trump out as a loser and, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong. Yet every time he does, Trump seems to gain another couple of points. And DeSantis is the one taking uh, taking a dive into the tank. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, I, I will agree with that. But uh that everybody's everybody's giving their full effort to do that. They they definitely are. So, yep. um, uh, oh, my apology there. I forgot to turn that off before no, no we. Worries. That's probably it's probably Governor Kemp calling to give you a piece of his mind. No, I don't think I don't think so. Well, Brian, <laughs> the, the 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 gas or the aviation fuel tax uh, is fascinating. Uh, that that's pretty a pretty graphic graphic. There it shows it shows who's who they are worried about for sure. Well, there, there was only one time, there was only one time uh, that uh, there was only one time at uh, speaker Rostin, who is dead and gone now, got upset with Delta and, and, and said he may, you know, he may roll back uh, their tax break. And that, that lasted for 24 hours in the media. And that was it. So we, we never touched the aviation 
what's frustrating to me is it really bothers me, and I, I don't want to get stuck on that, but it bothers me when Brian Kemp comes out and he talks about how he reopened Georgia and we have this surplus and and everything's just amazing. But, you know, let me tell you something. Uh, if you're listening any around, anywhere around the United States and where Georgia is, our property tax has gone through the roof, property tax. If he really wanted to do something, he wouldn't suspend this for a month. He would call a special session. Folks, if you don't, if he if he doesn't think he can call a special session to defund Fannie Willis, okay, fine. Call a special session if you're that concerned about the families in Georgia and do something serious, serious about the property tax. Property tax going through the roof, okay? Homeowners insurance through the roof. Get a handle on homeowners insurance. Car insurance going through the roof. We we see inflation going through the roof. Everything, the cost on families. And this guy has the nerve to go around and say, well, I took this tax off for, you know, 30 days to make it look good, smoke and mirrors. You know, uh, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I want to switch gears on something because I want to I want to clear something up. And I, you guys have probably talked about it. I've been talking about it. You know, the special session. I want to go into the special session really quick. I spoke to uh, State Senator Colton Moore. He's going to come on in a couple days. Um, I called him up. He's down at Sea Island. I think everybody knows the state senator from District 53 here in Georgia that called Brian Kemp out in a letter asking for a special session. I was down last week. Bill was down last week. We were down at the press conference for the Freedom Caucus and also a rally that was very well attended by the grassroots, uh, putting pressure on Kemp. And that's what he, Kemp is feeling the pressure. But that being said, is there's something going around right now, and I want you guys to know about it. I've received several phone calls concerning this. Uh, whoops. Did we lose Brian? I guess we're not going to find out. Well, we will. <laughs> we will. He'll be back. Here he comes. Where did I, where did I end there? Well, did I end? Well, welcome You're back. You were about to give us the big reveal. All right. Uh, well, you know, again, I spoke I spoke to Colton Moore down there and uh, I said, Colton, I said, uh, I, I said, uh, how are you doing? He said, I'm playing golf. And I said, are you riding in the golf cart by yourself? He's at Sea Island down there at the state Senate caucus. Um, they they have yet to um, censure him, uh, sanction him or whatever they plan to do with the state Republican uh, state Senate uh, caucus there, Republican caucus. But something I want to do before I get to the special session, I'm getting phone calls all over the place where lawmakers are showing up at their local GOPs and the GOP chairs are running interference. They're not allowing people to ask questions. Uh, they're, they're, they're not allowing questions from the floor. Lawmakers are... are, are uh, um, basically telling people when they go in, if if you take questions from the floor, we will not attend your GOP. I had uh, two counties, I don't want to reveal the name, where they had lawmakers show up. They won't take questions right now. They're all feeling the heat. But you hear about the special session, folks, and the Georgia lawmakers keep talking to you about, well, we have a mechanism, the judicial inquiry commission, whatever that is, that was created by SB uh, 92. Folks, SB 92 is being challenged right now. They're telling you if we want to defund and remove Fonnie Willis, there's a process to go through. It's called SB 92. Folks, that is that is in the courts right now. It, it created a, again, in the state of Georgia, another unelected commission all right, an, an unelected committee to review these DAs if they're brought up or or there's a uh, grievance filed against them. But SB 92 will probably be found unconstitutional. They're fighting it in court. So I look at the camera for every lawmaker that tells you, hey, we have this mechanism called SB 92, and that's the route to go to remove Fonnie Willis. Not going to happen, folks. 
Not going to happen. Don't fall for it out of your lawmakers. Uh, lawmakers will keep giving you the numbers. They don't have the numbers in the special session. Here's the thing. They don't want to go on record. Brian Kemp will not call a special session, not because they don't have the numbers with the Democrats. It's because they don't want to be put on record. They don't right. put on record. That's that's the bottom line. But SB 92. Now, um, I went down yesterday and I know I know I'm kind of jumping around, but with all of this going on, I went down yesterday and had a two and a half hour meeting with uh, Harrison Floyd. We all know Harrison Floyd, folks. If you don't know Harrison out of the 19, Harrison is the black guy that Fonnie Willis did not have a prearranged uh, bail. Uh, it was not prearranged a bond for him. He spent six days in that Fulton County jail, which what is it? Ten or more have died already this year mm -hmm. in that jail. Okay, yeah, one or one or more in this past month, I believe. Right, right. In this jail, and folks, most of the people in this jail are waiting trial. There's no way in America. There's no way in America. I don't care what they're in there for, but if they're waiting trial, they fall under the what we call innocent until proven guilty. And there's no way in America that someone waiting trial to prove their innocence, guilty or not, is killed. And that's the Fulton County Jail. Well, you know, Harrison spent six days in there and um, he, he, he saw it up close and personal and it really touched him. It just really did. And uh, he started he, he looked at the fathers in there. Uh, that that are incarcerated, nonviolent crimes. So he went this past weekend and raised seventy two thousand dollars. He raised seventy two thousand dollars just to bail out, just to bail out uh, nonviolent um, inmates. And he's particularly focusing on dads, nonviolent inmates, uh, dads where he can help bail them out. They don't have the bail money and they're in jail. He goes down to the jail yesterday. Fulton County Jail tells him he wanted to interview people. They said, no, it doesn't work like that. You go to a bail bail bondsman, you bail them out, we let them out. So we go over across the street to this second chance bail. The guy that owns it, really nice guy. Um, Harrison makes a $25,000 deposit there for bail money. He has up to $72,000. And uh, there's there's a thing that's called the inmates are or when when they have a green light means they're ready. So they're starting to review uh, which ones are are nonviolent that uh, no no drug offenses you know or, or violent crimes that Harrison can help bail out. While we're doing that, I spent two and a half hours with him yesterday. While we're doing that, I met a guy with Harrison from Fulton County. His name's Dana J. And folks, tomorrow he's going to be on my program at 9 a.m., uh, a black guy that knows Fonnie Willis in a whole different way than the AJC reports, anybody else reports. Bill, you know, we've heard we've heard stories about Fonnie Willis and a relationship concerning a mm -hmm. rapper or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. This guy knows all the details. Every wow. single, he knows every single bit of it. Dana J., I'm sitting there with him. And he starts rolling off all these rapper names and stuff like that. And I looked at him. I said, Dana, I'm old school. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I go back temptations, man. I, he started laughing. He's coming on tomorrow morning. He is going to share very in, in detail. He's going to share a lot about Fonnie Willis that people don't know. It's going to be very interesting, and he'll be with us tomorrow. Now, another thing while we're on a roll, can I stay on my roll? Yeah. You know, Harrison's coming to Georgia to run for Congress. And I can look you in the camera and say, yes, he is. I spent two and a half hours with the guy one-on-one. -on -one. Um, he's coming to Georgia. Now, he's, he's talked about the 14th District, MTG. He talked about it yesterday. Um... You know, he talked about the second district with Sanford Bishop. The, he has not made up his mind where he's going, but he's coming to Georgia and he is going to run for Congress. 
in Georgia, and and I understand he's going to make that decision in two weeks. Now, maybe maybe he should have the districts uh, reach out and they, you know, they uh, bid on him or uh, you know invite him in important ways. Well, you know he he is coming back now. Here is here's the mystery we want to throw out. Let's 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 enjoy this because let's put something out here. All right. Uh, Bill, I sent you a graph, a couple graphics. Okay. Uh, and I, I want I want you to put up, I want you to put up if you could. Uh the the first one I want you to put up is is the um um let's see. I have it here. Hold on. It's the graphic where it's the headline of the article. And the headline of the article says special report Trump aid set up meeting where election workers were pressured. No, not that whoa, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. I <told> you. <laughs> you need to you need to give me the number like you do. Diane. Right, not, there you go. Right there. OK. All right, <laughs> folks. Look at the headline there. Trump aid sets up meeting where election worker was pressured. And this is in 2021. This is December 2021. And we know we know what is it? Shea Moss and and what's her mom or, or uh, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. Right. Yep. And and just really to summarize, Harrison Floyd indicted. He uh, Harrison Floyd was the national chair of the Black Voices for Trump. Right. National chair, Black Voices for Trump. And Harrison Floyd goes with some other people to Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. And it's alleged they tried to put pressure on them to flip their story or whatever. Right. We're all on the same page about that. Harrison gets Harrison gets indicted for that. He's indicted. All right, he's being prosecuted. But there's a guy that's not. Go to the next part of this article. Is that this one? No, that's not the next part of the article. <laughs> okay. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. Summary. Now, Harrison <laughs> Floyd, this is this is a little clip out of the article we just showed you the headline yep. from 2021, folks. Harrison Floyd, the exec director of Black Voices. Now, we go down to the second line. We've got a guy by the name of Gar Garrison Douglas. Garrison Douglas, Georgia staffer for Black Voices for Trump, currently an employee of the RNC. Now, stay there for a minute. So Garrison Floyd, I mean, Garrison Douglas, he was with Harrison Floyd at that meeting, right? He was, he was a staffer on Black Voices. Now, pay attention to this. He went to the meeting with Shea, uh, Ruby Moss, Shea Moss, Ruby Freeman, whoever they are. He goes to the meeting. All of a sudden, he gets a job with the RNC here in Georgia. He gets a job with the RNC. Then he gets another job. Go to the last one, the, the one you've been trying to put up all along. <laughs> go to this one here. No, the, there you go. Garrison Douglas, what's his job now? He's the press secretary for Brian Kemp. Surprise, huh. surprise, wow. surprise. Hell, hell, you say. He is the press secretary for Brian Kemp. That Amazing. is Garrison Douglas. Now, Garrison Douglas, if you're out there and you love to do research, this guy has really, he has no press secretary experience. Go look at his background. But somehow in 2021, when he's with Black Voices for Trump and he goes with Harrison Floyd over to the meeting, he was in that meeting that Harrison got indicted for. He gets a deal with the RNC and then ends up press secretary for Brian Kemp. Just saying, just saying. You understand? This is good. This is going to be. This is going to be bigger. This is. This is going to. There's going to be, I, I predict there's going to be some things that come out and Harrison Floyd, now he can't talk about his case. He won't talk about his case. But I really feel there's going to be some things come out in his case that uh, this guy here, it's going to open some doors. And it might even open some doors into Governor Kemp's office. It's kind of like, no. like the Eastman trial going on. It allows him to present a lot of evidence that hasn't been heard before. Exactly. So maybe we'll get some of that. Yeah. Exactly. And and because of the indictment claiming that Harrison Floyd went to 
Now, I don't know if you have uh, if you uh, got an opportunity to see this in the AJC. Uh, it just came out this after. I think it came out was it this afternoon, but it was Monday that Harrison Floyd's attorney said, "Hey, if you think that that our guy uh, claimed that the 2023 election was stolen and he didn't have proof and he was trying to intimidate somebody to say that, then let's look let's look at the ballots." in Fulton County. Go read that go read that article because I do think discovery in in these cases is going to be interesting when we start doing discovery. But it, it isn't this kind of a little little interesting how how the uh how the Republican ruling class works. I mean Two guys go to the same meeting. It's like a joke. It reads like a joke. Two guys go to the same meeting. One guy ends up indicted and one guy ends up press secretary for the governor. And look at his credentials. I, I don't know. I don't know if you found that relevant. I just think it's very interesting. I think it's fascinating. I mean, and and it's not the only thing. We're seeing funny little, you know, movements behind the curtain all over the state at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. So um what else you got, B BKP? I don't know. I I never say I'm out. <laughs> well, we have. I don't know that I've ever said I've, I've run out, but well, what do you think? What do you think about this? Uh, the the impeachment, not getting out of Georgia, but what do you think about the impeachment inquiry that Kevin Kevin McCarthy? I I think it's what what do the kids call it? Throwing shade or how's that work? Right? I I I I he he could have called for this impeachment inquiry for for the past. Uh, uh, two months, years now, or year? six, yeah. nine, eight months, or whatever. He could have called yeah. for this for the last eight months. So, what do you think's really going on? That's my question. I'd love to hear what do you think's really going on, and is it smoke screen for a CR and and these appropriation bills? Uh, it's obvious that the 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 matrix has decided that Biden needs to go. In my opinion, you know, we reported a story last week that House Oversight's been made aware that. Many Ukrainian investigators reported a lot of information on the Biden crime family in 2018 to DOJ in the U.S. So I, I think there's so much there on the Bidens now that uh, they've decided he's got to go. The only question is who's going to replace him and he can't he, that person get on the ballot before the fi filing deadlines in multiple states. That's the well, big question. Yeah. Well, to remember this, I, I my prediction, I've got my I got my Vegas marker, as I call it, is his LBJ move. OK. And uh, um, uh, Ignatius, uh, what's his name with The Washington Post? He wrote he actually wrote a very big article and he's a he's a pro Biden guy that, uh, you know, Joe's got to go. He needs to exit on. a. They're calling it a high note, obviously. Right. With all of his accomplishments. But I have my marker on. I call it the LBJ move. He's just going to come out one day and he's going to, you know, address the American people and say he's chose not to seek a second term. And that that's pretty much it. They could care less about Kamala Harris. Nobody's worried about, oh, well, what happens to Kamala? If Kamala wants to run, she can run. But outside of that, they could care less. Well, the question is, I mean, and I'm not a legal expert, but let's I, I did some research in most of the important states. I believe it's December filing deadline for the primary so if they don't get a name on there before then and then biden pulls out how do they run a candidate i guess they do it at the convention and just select someone well the the other thing to consider is they're not even uh raffensperger's on record saying they're not going to even release the calendar for events going in going up to the primary until december sometime when in december don't know supposedly the primaries uh, March twelfth, if I remember correctly, they're they're doing they're doing the back end polling now. We we all know this, Todd. You know you know better than most of us how this works. Is 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 uh, they they do internal polling, and the D the DNC their people are doing the internal polling of who who polls better against Trump, who polls better against uh, a Plan B candidate. Now, as I've as I've said. I don't know if I was on the show, but did I tell you guys I got a chance to look at Asa Hutcherson in the eye out in Milwaukee? Did I get a chance to tell that story? 
Um, uh, I, I went don't to think the, you've told it to us. Go ahead. I, I went to the I went to the debate, and as people call it, I went to the B team debate out in Milwaukee, <laughs> and where I was having breakfast the morning after the debate, we we were a group of us were having breakfast, and Asa Hutchison, the former uh, governor of Arkansas, walked in, and he was across the room, and I looked at the group I was with, and I said, "There's Asa Hutchison." I said, "Should I do it?" And the group's like, "No, no." And I said, okay. And I got up across, I got up because they told me no. And I crossed the room and I went up and I shook hands and I said, uh, Governor Hutchison, uh, God bless you. God bless your wife. I know you're running for president of the United States. I was at the debate last night. I wish you well, but I just wanted to look you in the eye and tell you, I will vote for Donald Trump, even if he's an Alcatraz. And he grinned from ear to ear and he said, I hear that quite often. So, uh, so, but the point is who runs, they're doing the internals, Todd, you know that, uh, they're seeing who pulls well against Trump. And then they're trying to figure out the plan B because as we, as we know, sitting here tonight, they will do everything to stop Trump. Now, I think we're all in agreement. Trump's running for president. Trump's running for president, even if it's at cell block C. And if the RNC manipulates things and he's not on the ballot for the Republican Party, Trump's still running for president. He's not going to say, well, you know, the rule says or I didn't make it, so I'm going to go home. So Trump's running for president of the United States. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. And you've also got the RFK Jr. card. So we'll see where that plays out i mean if yeah. they're trying well, you to know R- the rfk ballot, yeah. sorry t- sorry todd sorry todd i apologize that was rude of me but rfk you watched the video i know you you watched a video last week where he said that the democrat machine there was was rigged and you know it was set up for him not to be able to get you know get a chance to debate and get up there and even if biden bails they're not going rfk for an alternative and he he hinted another option. Yeah, that's yeah. that's out there. So we'll see what happens. So uh, if we can, BKP, stay with us here. We're, I want I wanted to see if I could give an update on something local to Georgia, and then uh, we got a we got a little surprise for you that our uh, our investigative team has come up with uh, at the very end of the show. If that's okay. So. Um, Last night, I was I was lucky enough to attend uh, the uh, Republican Women of Forsyth County meeting in Forsyth County, of course. And um, we got a kind of a surprise at the end. Many folks heard over the weekend and in previous weeks that, you know, there's been some concern about the nomination of an election board member in Forsyth County. And um, so last night, you know, there was some talk chatter through the crowd on various things. And at the end of the meeting, one of the county commissioners stands up and, and makes a statement to this group, a couple hundred people in the room, talking about they're going to release uh, documents associated with this uh, nomination, the process, some of the questions that have been surfaced, um, and, and try to get away from the he said, she said stuff. So they're going to, they're going to try to create transparency now. I found that interesting in that they just got through swearing this gentleman in, uh, Joel Nat, in on Tuesday. Um, and now they decide uh, that, you know, now's a good time for transparency. So I thought it interesting. I'm not sure whether we're the he said or she said, but uh, it, it presumes that we haven't been transparent. And I thought we had. As a matter of fact, our listeners have been telling us we've been pretty darn transparent about all of this. So this will be interesting going forward uh, to see how this plays out. I encourage transparency. I thought we were we were the ones providing it. Yeah, we should invite them on and let them be transparent. Well, we're they- we're, we're Joel Nats <laughs> we're Joel Nats concerned. Okay, um, and and you guys did a great job last Sunday night with Hank Sullivan. Hank Sullivan has written some great Substack articles in great detail, folks. If you want to go find Hank Sullivan's Substack. He has thoroughly done this in several articles. Bill here, the Georgia record, Bill has done a thorough job. So we won't go back in detail, but Joel Nat, and I want to look at the camera and say something, because God knows I can't get off here without getting in some kind of trouble. 
<laughs> Joel Nat, okay, Republican, basically appointed himself back to the board, okay? Not the Forsyth County Republican Party. He basically appointed himself. Now, the new Forsyth Republican Party picked someone else they won on the election board. So here's where I'm going to get in trouble. The Georgia GOP, the Georgia GOP apparently got involved and was legally working a deal to try to get Joel Nat removed. And in lack of a better way to put it, they failed. The Georgia GOP failed to get Joel Nat removed. Now here's where I get in big trouble. The Georgia GOP has an election integrity task force, election integrity task force. Who's on the election integrity task force for the Georgia GOP? Joel Nat. So here's what I say, and I sent this to the chairman of the Georgia GOP. If the Georgia GOP was actively working to help prevent Joel Nat from being on that board, then why do you think he should serve on the Election Integrity Task Force for the Georgia GOP? I think he should be removed from it. I think he should be removed from Forsyth County and the Forsyth County GOP get their election. Let me get in a little more trouble. There's three <laughs> places, Cherokee County, Fulton County, and, and, and Forsyth County. The Republican parties did not get their nominee for the election, the board of elections, and the Georgia GOP was involved in all three. Well, the, I, question, boy, the question is: Does that tie all the way back to Kemp? As far as these shenanigans, never can on? tell. Yeah, you know, I just well, couldn't make it the whole hour. You, you couldn't, and you've—I got to tell you, BKP, you have earned your reward for the evening, and this will be. You know, th this will be your reward, okay? I know I picked out one of your favorite photos to share. Oh. And let me uh, let me go ahead and get this thing up here. And, and I know you love this one. Oh, God. It's <laughs> that, oh, you're funny. You're a funny Wait, guy. You know, you're, I, you're, I, I didn't have time to actually put the eggs in it for, for the egg man. So but, do you know do you know the movie reference? You are you ha ha funny? Am I ha ha funny? Ha ha funny? Huh? Well, but we but we do have something special for you. We were able, you know, we we are an investigative um that was um, cold. part of CDM. And so we were able to send our investigative team into um and I know you you often refer to King Kemp. So we were able to get our our investigative team into court and get a picture of the king and the sheriff of Nottingsburger. Oh, that was, okay, that that was well worth it. Long, <laughs> you earned it. You, you earned it tonight. All right, I appreciate it, guys. I tell you what, I have so much fun. Bill, when you send me a message to say, do you want to come on? I mean, what's it take me, like 10 seconds to say what time, and I'm there. So you guys are great. I appreciate you very much, and I love, uh, what our program is doing, and I say our program, what we're doing together here, uh, all of us, in bringing the truth uh, on a daily basis, whether it's Voice of Rural America and the pro daily program that you guys are running and we're running and what you guys are doing. And I appreciate you guys. It's it's one fight. We're just all on different facets of it. So thank you for all that. Todd, back to you. Well, I have a siren in the background, so I thought I'd let that pass. But uh, yeah. let's real quick do a call out to our sponsor, FamilyFarmBeefBox.com. I did an interview with Joel, um, not with Joel, with uh, Glade Miller-Smith. Uh, today it's on CDM.com, CDM.press. You can see the 20-minute interview I did with him, and we talked about the, the heroes of homesteading and valuing and honoring the, form, the homesteaders that built the West. It's a fascinating interview. Please check out familyfarmbeefbox.com. Get on the subscription where you get beef every few months. It's non-mRNA. It tastes fantastic. And uh, you can have family meals around the table again with the beef from Family Farm Beef Box. So thank you. Bill, you got anything else? No, that's it. I think I, I can't wait to see what comes right, uh, later in the week. We will have an article on Georgia Record this week helping people figure out 
how to look at some of the things that Charlie's Bird uh, had challenged Fannie Willis on, as well as look up to see whether their elected officials have done what they were supposed to with regard to disclosures and other things. So watch for that. Other than that, we will uh, be looking forward to uh, Sunday's show. I bet we'll have plenty of content. See you Sunday. We out.